morning, Bridge. How's everybody doing today? Good, good. Can we hear it for Jesus one more time? It's good to be in the house of the Lord. I'm so glad that you're here. It's good to be with you. Pastor Jim is in Mount Olive today. And uh, we just thank God for Mount Olive and all the work that they're doing over there in that side of the county. We are just so, so thankful. And uh, uh, so I get to be with you this morning. So it's good to be here with you. Um, I do want to recognize some special people that, are, that do tremendous work here for us at the bridge. Uh, Mr. Mitchell Grantham, who was up here with a camera walking around, you know, doing his thing during worship. Gets here every Sunday morning at 5.30 to make sure that all of this works. Well, how many of you know that Thursday night we had us what we call down here in the south a gully washer? And we had some lightning with that gully washer, didn't we? Well, you know, when things are plugged up and lightning happens, whoo, glory to God. That makes for an interesting Sunday morning. So Mitchell came in and found... What was interesting about this? And called a man named Joe Parrott. Many of you know Joe. A lot of you don't know Joe. But Joe is our in-house guru when it comes to everything electronic, everything computerized. He and his son Anthony, I mean, they are like crazy, crazy smart. I get dizzy just thinking about how smart they are. And, uh, you know, when they walk in the room, I feel so dumb, you know. But, uh, but he comes out at 6.15 this morning. You would have never known it. And there are a lot of Sundays you never know it. But they do it. And I just want to thank them and that group in the media team up there, uh, all the way up that tower for all that they do. God bless you guys. Joe Parrott is our unsung hero. You will probably rarely ever see him on this stage, but I'm telling you, he's an enormous part of why we stand on this stage every single Sunday morning. And I just thank you, Joe. You don't get enough recognition, and he's probably going to be mad at me for doing that, but that's all right. I'll, I'll ask forgiveness. Sometimes that's easier than permission, you know. So... Uh, I also want to welcome our online audience that's with us here today. Thank you for being here. Uh, just, uh, I want to give a shout out too to a lady who faithfully watches every single Sunday battling ALS. She is my neighbor. She lives right across the street from me. Her name is Catherine Stafford. Miss Catherine, we love you. We are praying for you. We are praying for your healing. And we're so thankful that you, uh, Miss Marilyn Williams, and a bunch of other people, you know there are over 300 people that watch online consistently every single week. Welcome to church. We are so glad that you are here with us today as well. God bless you. And it's so good to have you here today in the house. I'm so glad to, to be here and, and to be a part of what God is doing in this local church and, and through our community. We got a bunch of people here in pink today. Woo, real men wear pink, right? I guess I'm not a real man today, I don't know. But um, this is our Kentucky missions team. 
And we're going we're gonna to have some time in the altar after service today. And after we have a little bit of time to minister to folks as we normally do, we're going to gather this team together. We're going to pray for them. They're going out on Saturday and uh, heading to Lynch, Kentucky. Going to be there all week long ministering to that community. So we want to pray for them. If you want to hang out and do that with us, you are more than welcome to. Okay, I just wanted to let you know that was going on. Also, if you want notes for today's sermon, if you have your uh, smartphone with you, you can go to our app. Go to the notes section in there, and the notes for the sermon today are available to you. So, with all that being said, y'all ready to jump in and get some word today? Yeah, let's get into the Beatitudes today. Matthew chapter 5, we're in a sermon series called I Am Blessed. And we have learned over the course of this series that that's not just a title, is it? What is it? It's a perspective, right? It's an attitude. So when we've been being asked by Pastor Jim, how are you doing today? What's our response? I am blessed. We are thankful. I, I, I say it this way. If I get any better, I'll be twins. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a perspective. Um, and as we look at it and we look at what it means to live the blessed life, uh, Jesus is saying to us, we are blessed when we feel like it and even when we don't feel like it. Uh, in Matthew 5, we look at the Beatitudes, and Jesus is teaching us here to lean into Him. And why do we lean into Him? Well, uh, James 1.5 says He's the source of all wisdom. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives it generously. So if we want to know what it looks like to live the blessed life, if we want to know how to respond to the stressors and all the things that happen in our life, what do we do? We lean in to Him. We pray for wisdom. We are, we practice this hopefully daily in our lives. We are, we are quick to listen, right? We're slow to speak. We're slow to anger. Because we're leaning in to the wisdom of God, and that's what God teaches us to do. Amen? So that's how we want to respond to him today. So today, we don't have to ask Jesus how to be blessed. He's already told us. He's already shared it with us. Uh, this is not going to be up on the screen, but in beginning in verse 3 of chapter 5, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, Right? For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. These are the Beatitudes we've already gone over. For they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, people with controlled strength, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown what? Mercy. Anybody needed mercy this week? Amen. I'm telling you. And blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. When we look at these Beatitudes, and this has already been covered in this series, but what do the Beatitudes really show us? What is, an, is it an expression of? It's an expression of the character of Jesus. It's who He is. He is meek. He, is, he, he hungers and thirsts for righteousness. He's merciful. He's pure. He's 100% God, 100% man, deity. He lived on this earth and yet he never what? Never sinned. Never sinned. Holy and righteous. It's the character of God. And God calls us in the book of Romans to be conformed into his image. How do we know what he looks like? How do we know the image of God? How do we know how we're supposed to live? Right here in the Beatitudes. 
It's right here. So we're going to look today at uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. And it says, and it's going to be up on the screen for us, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And there's some very important little nuances that I want us to kind of dig into here today and walk away with uh, in our very brief time together this morning. But today we're talking about peace. The opposite of peace is what? War, right? Or a lack of peace or chaos or, you know, whatever you want to throw in there. But we know peace and we've known a lack of peace, right? Restlessness and, and sleepless nights and all those things. And as I was thinking about the, the opposite of peace and looking at this whole idea of war, you know, as I look back, where was the first unrest that we really saw in the Bible? And it was with Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel. Abel brought uh, this um, offering to God. He worked the fields or he, he worked with, with, um, with cattle and whatnot and then and, and, and Cain worked the field and there was a fruit offering brought and there was a, an offering of fat and, and meat and, and God was pleased and there was all this stuff and, and then what s- slips into the picture there? But jealousy, right? Jealousy and anger. Not, and it was misplaced. It should have been placed uh, on Cain because he didn't please and honor God but it was set on Abel. I saw an article this week that said as long as we've had borders, we've had battles. As long as somebody has marked off a stretch of land and said this belongs to me, there's been someone who wanted to come along and say I want that. For hundreds of years now there's rarely been a period of time where there has not been armed conflict going on somewhere in the world. A world war, regional war, civil war. What we're talking about this morning is a lack of of peace. But this isn't just true on the world stage, is it? I'm going to take a sip here because it just feels like the right place to do it. <laughs> and my throat is super dry. But this is also true in our marriages, right? It's true with our families. It's true at work. It's true in our everyday lives. We, uh, we find a lack of peace oftentimes in the world that we live in. So our response to that is we cling to things that bring us peace. It's the summertime. What is one of the most peaceful places on the planet in the summertime as long as you don't watch Shark Week on the Discovery Channel? (laughs) It's the beach, right? I'm like... Man, I'm telling you, I'm seeing all these reports about these sharks and I'm seeing all these reports about little amoebas and whatever they are down in the Gulf of Mexico and I'm thinking, man, I'm staying at the pool in Pikeville. I am not. <laughs> there ain't no sharks there that I know of, you know. But, um, but we, we find those places where we can calm down and unwind, maybe getting on, on a sandy beach and, man, it's just the perfect day. It's a little bit overcast and but you still put your sunscreen on because you know just because that sun ain't beating down, you're getting blistered if you don't have it on. But you're listening to the waves and you got your feet in the sand and you're reading a good book. 
you're reading some scripture, you maybe, maybe your place is the mountains. Maybe you love to go to the mountains. The, the fall when the leaves are changing, it's just so beautiful. And you get down by this beautiful mountain stream and water's trickling down over the rocks. Can you hear it now? Man alive, that just is peaceful, isn't it? Maybe it's, um, maybe it's uh, my wife, and I know we got some oil people in here. My wife loves essential oils. You know, I get a headache, and she'll give me some peppermint or something like that, or maybe lavender. That's just such a peaceful thing. Let me just say to all the people who stock the men's restrooms here, we don't want lavender soap, okay? We, we want lumberjack soap, right? Walk out, and I'm like... Mm, I smell like my wife. <laughs> what, what is going <laughs> Better than the alternative, I guess, but anyway. The point is we all have those places where we find peace and we find rest. And, but those are all external things that we're able to do. So what if you don't get to get to the beach? What if you're not able to make it to the mountains when you're going through that stressful time? Well, see, Scripture tells us that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. So if we need peace in our lives, the best place to find it, yeah, it's fine to go and do those things, but the best place to find it is where? In Him. Getting closer to Him. You remember when Jesus was on that boat with the disciples? It's just about three chapters over from Matthew 5. And, the, and this furious squall stirs up the Bible says in the NIV and it says the disciples were terrified and they think they're going to die now you need to remember that a lot of the men that were on this boat are professional fishermen alright yeah, anybody ever watch the deadliest catch I like the deadliest catch don't judge me for that my wife doesn't understand it she says look all they do is the same thing every episode they they catch crab, okay? That's, that's what they do, you know? But then she watches Say Yes to the Dress and <laughs> Toddlers in Tiaras. Holy cow, what in the world? All these dance. And I, you know what I tell her? They do the same thing every single episode. I don't get it. I don't understand. But anyway, I, I ran that rabbit I apologize but they're professional fishermen they're so incredibly scared so it tells us there must have been something serious going on here something really serious going on but Jesus is sleeping they wake him up and he said why are you afraid do you still have no faith and then he got up rebuked the wind and the waves and said peace be still and this is a truth that I want you to get and I believe it's in your notes if you have it pulled up but peace is not the absence of problems. Peace is the presence of Jesus. It's not the absence of problems, but it's the presence of Jesus. What happened with the disciples? Now, he got on to them for doing what they did, but did they do the right thing? When it got tough and the wind and waves started crashing, what did they do? Man, we got to go get Jesus and tell him what's going on. What do we oftentimes do? Everything else. And then we say, well, I guess it's come to prayer. <laughs> it's gotten this bad. I guess we're, we're going to be forced into it, guys. We've got to pray about this issue. But a lot of times we respond that way. 
See, we're going to have problems in this world. Car's going to act up and break down. Your kids are going to act crazy in the restaurant. Your money's going to get funny sometimes. Your boss is going to be unrealistic. We're going to have problems. But look what Jesus said in John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have what? Trouble. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he wants them to have peace and he wants them to understand and he wants you and I to understand that that is found in him. It's not found in a place. It's not found in a wave app or a white noise app. I love a fan. I'm, I've ruined my family because I, I, have a, I have fans. My wife and I have box fans on both sides of the bed a ceiling fan and I've got a little bitty fan right here beside my head that, that run all at the same time at night when I'm sleeping so I don't hear the gully washer when it comes because all my fans are on matter of fact there's so many fans there's so much there's such a vortex in our bedroom we can't even run the ceiling fan because when we turn all them other things on that ceiling fan goes whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, just everywhere you know I'd have to hang all kind of weights on it and everything else but <laughs> All that's external. Because as much as I love a fan and as much as I love that white noise and that thing blowing, man, I've laid down at night and had not been able to find sleep. Because peace isn't found in the external things. It's found in Jesus. It's not the absence of problems, but the presence of Jesus in our life. Yet in this world... Um, we got two different avenues to find peace. One of those is healthy and one of them sabotages our health and relationships. And here's what I want us to look at today, just very quickly. The difference between being a peacekeeper and a peacemaker. Anybody ever been guilty of the first one? I have. I've been guilty of it. You say, well, I don't know the difference. Well, we're going to find out here in just a second what it is so let's look at what a peacekeeper is the peacekeeper practices avoidance if we're keeping peace we're going to avoid we're going to pretend like there's no problem and we're going to hope that it will go away you ever been in a, a family argument or disagreement and somebody in that argument and it's something you got to talk about and they say I don't want to talk about it I don't want to talk about that not talking about it right now. Mm. Okay, that's fine. Maybe you're angry. Maybe you need time to cool down. But the person who's avoiding a problem doesn't just not want to talk about it right then in that moment. They don't want to ever talk about it. They just want to, let's, let's not talk about it. We're going to go to bed. We're going to get up tomorrow morning. We're going to pretend like none of this ever happened now. Don't want to hear nothing else about it. That's not peacemaking. This is strong, but this is what this is. It's cowardice. It's not being willing to say, okay, we got to deal with this situation. And look, now, I get it. It's not fun. I don't like conflict. I like happy. I like peaceful. I don't do drama. I've told my kids I'm 49 years old now, and I've had enough drama, and I ain't doing drama if I don't have to do drama. And we sure ain't going to manufacture drama, okay? No way, no how, no sir. Go on somewhere else. Because there's going to be peace 
as, as much as possible around here. We're not doing drama, but when we just won't talk about it and we run from the situation in hopes that it will resolve itself, what we find out is we will run the rest of our lives because it will never go away. You cannot achieve this by avoiding the problem. The other thing that peacekeepers do is they practice appeasement. Appeasement. We're going to let somebody else have their way. We're going to let that person who is maybe the stronger personality uh, have their way. And let me say this, passivity is not peacemaking. Okay? What happens when you constantly let somebody get their way and get their way and get their way and get their way? I don't care how calm, cool, and collected you are, how easygoing you are, at some point you're going to reach the lid. Right? And when you hit the lid and you keep pouring stuff in what's going to happen eventually the top is going to blow and everybody around you is going to go oh what in the world just happened here you've always been good with this you've always given me my way why is this all of a sudden a problem you see the the problem with that the issue with that, you, you, you feel this, this burden um, and this weight and it's not good for you and it's not good for the people in relationship with you. Jesus was not a pacifist. He dealt with issues that needed to be dealt with when they needed to be done so. Every now and then I'll read a marriage book that says the secret to a good marriage is to give in to the stronger member of the couple for the sake of peace. That is absolutely the furthest thing from the truth. That is the worst thing you can do. Matthew 5, 9 again says, Blessed are the peacemakers, not the peacekeepers. Peacekeeper avoids. Peacekeeper uh, gives in and, and just appeases. Okay, okay, okay. Just let them have their way. It'll, it'll be all right. You can't be a peacekeeper and take a pacifier away from a child. <laughs> Anybody ever tried to do that? Oops. <laughs> Sorry, it flew out the window of the car. <laughs> and they don't make any more of those. <laughs> you ever taken a pacifier away from a child? It, you, you know how to do it? You just got to do it, you know? I mean, it's like the parent that taught their kid. Now, my dad never did this. I'd probably be terrified of water, but maybe your, your dad did this to you. But, you know, when they take you out in a boat and teach you how to swim, you know, come on back. You'll make it. I promise. You're buoyant. You've ate enough biscuits. I know you ain't going to drown. You're going to float. You're good. <laughs> I never could float when I was a kid. Man, I can float all the way to the Panama Canal now. I'm just I'm buoyant. Um, That might be another place for some water. <laughs> so there are three marks of a peacemaker. A peacemaker is honest about the issues. Peacemakers know that unity is not the same thing as harmony. Unity is not the same thing as harmony. Let me explain. You can tie two cats' tails together. Throw them over a clothesline. That is unity, but it is not harmony. 
Somebody, somebody's going to get tore up, okay? Uh, just because we work together or are friends, it doesn't mean that we will always stay that way. What I'm talking about is a process of evaluation. We have to evaluate our role in the conflict and we have to evaluate the other person's role in the conflict. I'm evaluating the level of our relationship, okay? How many of you know there are different levels in relationships? They vary. Uh, we have best friends, right? Anybody got a best friend? My, my wife is my best friend in the whole world. Uh, we have friends. That was a good place for us. Oh, we have friends. We have acquaintances. We have people in our circle of concerns. We, we know about them, but, you know, we don't really know them. Maybe not have ever even met them. Here's a secret. There are some people in our lives, in this season in our life, that don't need to be in our life. That sounds harsh. That sounds tough. And, and look, there have been seasons of my life where I didn't need to be in other people's lives. Because I was toxic. Because I wasn't living the way that I needed to live. Romans 12, 18 says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. If it is possible. So what does that tell us? Sometimes it isn't possible because there's a person maybe in your life that just at this particular time, at this particular season, I'm not saying that that will never change, but in this season... They, you may need to get a few degrees of separation. I'm not saying you stay at war with them. We're talking about peace making. How do we do that? Sometimes there needs to be a few degrees of separation there. Sometimes it's not wise. And, and really we're talking about a one in a hundred case. 99% of the time, if we're being honest, it, it, it's not that we're dealing and wrestling with whether or not to keep that person in our lives, but it's how to best move forward with that person in my life in light of the conflict. How do we move forward? Because really when we're talking about peacemaking, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about growing. We're talking about moving forward. We're talking about being better. I say this at every wedding that I ever preach. I say, I pray today that you will be the least in love that you ever will be your entire life. That every day your love will grow. Every day it will get stronger and it will get deeper and it will get better. How does that happen? Well, we got to be honest about the issues for that to happen. If you've been married any period of time, you know. Anybody that has been married for 25, 30, 50, 2 years, if you're honest, you're going to say, yeah, there's conflict. I did not know. He was that way until we got married. Dear Lord, <laughs> I didn't know a man's feet could stink so bad. <laughs> There's stress in relationships. And relationships are fractured when we're passive. And when we try to sweep things under the rug, we have to evaluate and then we have to take action. Okay? And then it brings us to the second mark of a peacemaker and that is that we apologize. A peacemaker apologizes for their part. 
Nobody is 100% right 100% of the time. You have never had a conflict in your life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go so far as to say this. You've never had a conflict in your life where you were ever 100% right. We all bear responsibility. And I know what you're going to say. It takes, you know, I, I, it, it takes two to tango, and then you're going to say, yeah, but it only takes one to fall down, right? But you've got to own what's yours to own. If you're 1% wrong, guess what? You need to apologize for that. I see it all the time. People walk in my office, and they don't, they don't, there's not a list. There's not an actual physical list. Now, I know some people that have been bold enough to bring lists before. But most people don't bring an actual list, but they got one. And they sit in the office, and they say, well, if she would do this and this and this, everything would be okay and then we have to look at him and say what are you doing let's not talk about the things that she needs to accomplish or the things that he needs to do what are you doing right now let's look at you let's talk about you see when we'll take the time to look in the mirror and say God help me become who I need to be and do what I need to do Man, that's all the time we're going to have to do anything. We ain't going to have time to fix the other person. And then if the other person in conflict does the same thing, guess what? The first thing that happens is there's a heart change. We give God an opportunity to do a work in us, and then we're dealing with this thing from the inside out, not the outside in. Because what we want to do is we want to deal with the symptoms of the problem rather than the real problem okay sometimes it's going to require a peace conference and you've heard this shared before Pastor Farrell used to talk about this all the time uh, how to deal with conflict you you talk to the right person in the right place at the right time in the right spirit and these rules are easy to break though in the heat of the moment they're easy to break when we're mad. We don't always live by these rules when we're upset. Somebody sends you a nasty text and what do you do? Do unto others and run, right? We send it back. Don't raise your hand. But have you ever responded to someone via text or email or on private message on Facebook and about five seconds after you did it, you said, Dog, I wish I hadn't sent that. Mm. I wish I hadn't done that. See, Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. How did Christ forgive us? While we were yet sinners, He died for us. He showed us mercy, didn't He? And that's what we're expected to do. We may not see much good in that other person during the midst of conflict, but if we're going to forgive like Jesus, then we are forgiving not based on their merit, but based on who we are called to be. And who are we called to be? Peace 
makers. See, that, that's something else I want you to understand about the Beatitudes, the character of Jesus and what he looks like. This is not multiple choice. This is not something we look at and say, oh, we've got these Beatitudes here. and I, Well, I like that one, and I'm good with that one. That one right there, and I, I don't think I'll do that one right there. I'm, you know, I kind of like to stir stuff up, so I'm not going to do that whole peacemaking thing. It's not multiple choice. God's called us to this. And what he expects us to do is to respond to him in that manner. And then number three, we're to pursue the mark of a peacemaker is to pursue reconciliation. So after we're honest about the issues, we po apologize for our part. We say, I'm sorry. And what's the value in an apology? The value in an apology is when you say, I am so sorry that I was going in this direction and it brought you this pain and it hurt you in this way and I want you to know how much I'm sorry so I'm going to turn and start going in this direction and I'm going to do things this way. See, an apology doesn't hold a whole lot of weight if we're going in this direction that's hurtful and painful and brings wounds to someone's life, but we never stop going in that direction. Then it's just words, and they mean nothing. But we apologize, and then we pursue reconciliation. Peacemakers pursue the other person's heart. That's what we're called to do. One of the last things Jesus prayed before he was crucified was for the unity of us as believers. It's the heart of God that we don't leave a wake of broken relationships behind us, but that we be in unity. And the way we do this is through reconciliation after conflict. Now I've given you a long passage of scripture here, but this is the ministry of reconciliation that God's called us to. Beginning in verse 5 of 2 Corinthians, or beginning in verse 17 of chapter 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We are to be reconciled to him. We are his ambassadors. And he is calling us to be peacemakers. Reconciled to one another the only way we can do that the only way we will get close to that is through him it's not in me to do it you hurt me you know what's in me hurt you back and y'all all looking at me like it ain't in you but it's in you too it's in Christ that we don't do that it's in him that we say, no, I'm not, you, you hurt me. You have spoke ill against me. You have done something wrong against me. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to trust God to, to restore you and to heal you. I'm going to pray good things in your life. We can't have the peace of God if we do not have peace with God. 
So that's where it begins today. It begins with Him. Are you at peace with God? Or are you warring? Is there, a, is there a battle that is being waged? Is there something that God wants you to do as it relates to this issue? And you know God's calling you to step out. But you're like, I cannot do that, God. I can't be the first one. I can't take the first step. You don't know what they've done to me. You don't know how they've hurt me. And God's saying, you got to get that right. And getting that right may mean you got to be the first one to, to make the move. That you've got to reconcile that with that person. But before you can do that, you got to reconcile that with me. you got to get things dealt with with me you got to come to a place where you say Lord I abandoned what I feel like is fair for what I know is right and how many of you know that oftentimes the right thing to do does not feel fair to us it doesn't feel fair so would you stand right where you are and let's pray together Father as we Consider what you've called us to do. To be a peacemaker. For we will be called children of God if we do that. Because Lord, that's who you were and that's what you did. And that's how you responded. Lord, we come to you right now and, and admit we're honest about the issue. In order to do this, Lord, I'm going to have to do something that doesn't feel fair in my life. But i got to be honest enough with this issue to acknowledge that you didn't call me to do this because it was fair. You called me to do this because it was right. You called me to do this because at the end of the day, this is the best thing for me. Because when I respond to conflict this way, it brings peace in my life. So Lord, the first step in that process is I surrender to you. Holy, completely. Maybe you're here today and you recognize and realize that you need to surrender to God for the very first time. Not only are you needing to surrender this issue to God, but you've got to surrender your heart to God because you've never done that. And today is your day. Today is the day that you say yes to Him you stop running and you recognize and realize what it means to be reconciled to God, to be forgiven by God God my life has not been fair God I've had so much hurt, God I've done so many wrong things but he's saying come to me all of you that are weak, all of you that bear heavy burdens and I I will give you rest in me you will find forgiveness in me you will find peace would you come to him today would you trust him with your heart and then would you bring whatever that conflict may be and say God maybe it's in my marriage maybe it's with my children maybe it's at work. 
or with a neighbor, but God, today I bring it to you and I commit to be a peacemaker. I commit to walk this thing out and to honor you, God, in the way I respond to this issue in my life. God, I ask you to forgive me where I've been wrong in this. And then, Lord, I pray that you give me strength as I pursue reconciliation. I pray that we can commit to that today. I pray that we will commit to that today. Because if we will, there's going to be breakthrough you've been waiting for for years that will happen just by trusting him. And walking this thing out as the word teaches us to do. God, thank you for forgiveness of sin. Thank you for peace that comes only from you. And God, we walk in that. We trust you for that. And we're going to do our part to be peacemakers in this world that we live in. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, if you made a decision for Christ today um, or even a rededication, would you text New Life to 55498? And I'm not sure that that's the right number, um, but text it there anyway and we'll just see what happens. It might, it might, it might go to Church of the Hubba Bubba, but it's going to go somewhere and they'll respond to you. Also, if you want prayer, we got folks in the altar today. They would love to pray with you. First time guests, please don't forget on your way out the door today to stop by our VIP table and get the free gift that we have for you. God bless you. Thank you so much for being in church today. We love you. We pray blessings over you. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week. And in about five minutes, we're going to gather down at the front and pray over our American mission team. Have a wonderful week.